0: Hello and welcome to Insurance Tomorrow, brought to you by Allianz. I'm Nick Huer, and in this series, we look at global trends that could impact insurance and businesses over the next decade. We've already covered subjects like autonomous vehicles, fraud and customer engagement. If you've missed an episode, they're all available through your podcast provider. But today, we're turning our attention to blockchain. In simple terms blockchain is an encrypted ledger of information distributed around lots of different users instead of being held centrally. The technology was launched way back in 2008 to run cryptocurrency. Then, ten years later, Forbes magazine were calling it one of the biggest groundbreaking technologies with potential to impact every industry from financial to manufacturing to educational institutions. Since then, there's been a lot of hype surrounding the technology, but PwC still believes blockchain could transform the global insurance industry. But it's also widely acknowledged that many businesses are only just starting to get to grips with what's possible. Now, joining me today in the studio to discuss this further, we've got Adam Rates, Head of Strategy and Architecture at Allianz, Michael Cook, UK Insurance Blockchain Lead from PwC. And Rebecca Oliver, Business Development Director from Chain That, who provide blockchain-based solutions for the insurance industry. Blockchain. What is blockchain? In simple terms, Rebecca.
1: I'll try and keep it simple. Um, So blockchain is basically a distributed, decentralised digital ledger. So if you imagine a record of a transaction and there's four of us in the room and we have one piece of data record of transaction and we can share that between all the participants. So say it's the four of us here today and all of uh, and that one record and transaction can be seen by all of the participants within that value chain. So it's basically a single version of the truth on a decentralized ledger and each of the um, transactions are on a chronological basis so again it's immutable so when you record that transaction you can see what I can see but if there's anything that's changed changes within that transaction again that is updated on the ledger and you will see everything that is changed so it's immutable and it's a way of being much more efficient in the whole value chain
2: Adam Well, I think that's a really good explanation. Effectively, what it does is gives the four of us in the room access to exactly the same information at the same time without going through some sort of central authority. So if you think of all transactions, for example, buying a car or buying a house or a bank transaction, you're going through a central authority to validate that transaction or that information. And that takes time. Whereas if we four have all of that information, we we can make that transaction very quickly, very easily and very securely. I've just bought a car. Now, how does this kick off then? With you three, for it.
0: you might be from? The garage. And you might be the insurance company. I could
3: be the insurance company. And you
0: might be the finance company. Correct. All right. And you now know what I've done, how much I paid for it, what my rate of interest is, over what period of time is, what warranty I've got. Is that the sort of language that we're talking about? It, it,
2: it is. So, so if you start with something like a car, a car's a really good example, that has a piece of paper that you need to fill in and send off to the DVLA to prove that you now own the car and more importantly the other person proves that they don't own the car so your speeding tickets don't get picked up by them not that you're going to get any obviously but effectively that takes a bit of time that takes a bit of effort if we all had information to who owned that car at a given moment I could update the record and say I've sold it to you and I can give that information to all of my colleagues in the chain and say, here you are, this, this car has changed ownership now, and they would then follow up with all of their changes to their information, so the change in finance, the change in insurance, and so on.
0: Do you think perhaps it's an overhyped technology? Well, you clearly don't, but that's the criticism levelled at it sometimes. Is it fair?
3: I don't think it's fair. I think we see a lot of hype on any new technology that comes in. So cloud computing, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago is another example where there was a huge hype curve around cloud computing. But then once people get to understand what it really means and how to use it, the hype cycle dies down and we see much more practical explanation. And if you look at the insurance industry now, a lot of back-end systems are being moved into the cloud. We are now utilising that technology every day of the week. Blockchain is very similar. I think the reason the hype curve was slightly steeper in regards to blockchain is I truly believe, along with artificial intelligence, it is one of the two transformative technologies. And what I mean by a transformative technology is it finally allows us to do things differently. All technology we've used in the insurance industry, and we were the third or fourth adopter of the computer ever in the 1950s and 60s, We've only ever used that to automate the way we worked. Blockchain and artificial intelligence allow us to change the way we work.
1: And I think that's to do with the mindset as well. So again, it's that transformed, but it's it's normalising. It's a word I use quite a lot now. It's normalising things. So again, cloud-based technology, even you know um, the internet. Uh, many many years ago, it's actually normalising it within sort of our business environment. And I think that's it's a cultural thing around transformation as well as lit- a physical one as I, well. I agree.
2: I think there are, I think there are two things that are important. There's the the ability of the technology to keep up. Because if you think about it, a lot of the concepts behind blockchain have existed since the late 70s and 80s, the mathematical Mm -hmm. concepts and the computer science concepts. It's only now that the technology has been able to catch up with it. The other is that concept of trust and familiarity. Mm -hmm. I bet if you ask people how a £5 note works in terms of the promissory value and the interest rate and quantitative easing, we wouldn't be able to explain exactly how it works. But we trust that when I take my fiver into a well-known supermarket, it has value. Mm. We're not at that stage yet with blockchain. It's quite complex to understand. It's not trusted and it's not understood yet. That takes time. It will come. It it's will important. come. But now, the three of you, we've got three experts here. What's the potential of blockchain in the insurance sector? Because that's what we're really talking about here today. So, so I think from an insurance point of view, anything where you are exchanging information, where you need that information to be validated, to be trusted and be secure is where you can see blockchain being used potentially.
3: Yeah, and I think for me, I look at it in three categories. I think the one, there are a number of what what are called use cases, so the, the areas you can apply the technology in efficiency, so just making us more efficient. And the first example everyone was sharing of how it works is a good efficiency example. The second one is product innovation, and we've already seen this in the industry with Insurance products that are fully automated from front to back. The third area, which is still emerging, is the ability to sell insurance at a much lower price point and therefore narrow the coverage gap, certainly for developing countries where today they cannot afford to buy insurance. But if you can take that frictional cost out through the first one, develop new products through the second one, it allows you then to address that coverage gap. Yeah. So, so
2: I think we've, we've strayed into quite an important area here. So I think what we've talked about so far is blockchain and, the, and as Rebecca said, the immutability of the data. When we're talking about flight payments, for example, we're now into the idea of automated s- contracts, so a smart contract that applies a set of rules on top of that information. So there's a slight difference there. So we have blockchain that provides the information, and then smart contracts that apply a set of rules that triggers a set of things in the event those rules are met.
3: Yeah, and, and I think that's a really good example of what you were saying earlier around we've had the underlying technology since the 1970s for blockchain, but what we haven't had have- necessarily had are things like the smart contract ability which allows us to apply pretty straightforward rules i.e. parameters to these to the data in the blockchain and hence we have the rise of parametrically driven insurance products. Rebecca Chain That launched five years ago. So what led your company to
0: make the move into blockchain and how has it grown since?
1: So um, back in 2013 um, our founder, um, David Edwards uh, was dabbling a bit in Bitcoin. So in 2015, set up Chain That. Um, all of us have come from insurance backgrounds. So I think that's really quite important when we're completely insurance led. Um, we've all come from insurance technology backgrounds. Um, and we could definitely see the application of, of, of using blockchain within the insurance value chain. So then we created a decentralized placement platform, so the first part of um, the insurance life cycle, and then rolled that out over the next couple of years um, to accounting, settlement and claims. So we'll go on to sort of the value that blockchain brings across that whole value chain as as we go through this discussion. Um, But certainly in doing that, we developed we did a number of proof of concepts with some of the larger insurers and brokers um, so again it's conceptual people were dabbling in blockchain technology and wanted to look at our te- our technology to see how this would apply within their organization and we've definitely seen that it's gone from development uh, in our uh, in the business to um, conceptual looking at sort of adoption of it and I think this year we're very much seeing that it's moving into production so very much like Mike and Adam said really it's it's we're now... Now moving from the conceptual side of things to very much looking at how this will be in entrenched into um, large organizations now and how we start small and then sort of roll out really
0: okay we're talking about large organizations
1: Alliance mm-hmm. is a large organization
2: mm-hmm. and Adams here how's it being used at Allianz. So that articulation that Rebecca gave about starting with proof of concept, starting smaller, then moving out to the market is exactly how we've been doing it in Allianz. So we have a what we call a centre of excellence based in Munich and with the technicians who are excellent based in India. Um, and you can see that in, in two really core areas. So uh, Allianz Global Corporate and Specialty Market have rolled out a product just at the end of last year in terms of information across a large multinational organisation. So captive insurance, and the other area we invest in quite heavily is, is the B3i consortium. Alliance is one of the founder members. So that's an organization made up primarily of insurance companies to look how that model moves in insurance. And you can already see there, there are examples of um, reinsurance uh, treaties being done. And how have you seen the uses for blockchain grow then, Adam? so we've 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 moved from small proof of concepts to bigger deployments, and you can now start to see that productionization I think Rebecca called it of of things out in the market where it's moving from let's test this in parallel and see how it runs in comparison with the current process to let's rely on this process going forward and that's what we're, that's what we're seeing particularly in the excess of loss and natural catastrophe space and are you really learning serious. from
0: other sectors of industry
2: absolutely one of the interesting things with with blockchain is that it's a slightly different model because we talked a bit earlier about the car transaction and the, the data that has to pass between the four of us. That means we have to cooperate for that data to work. So as insurance companies and reinsurance companies, we have to operate in a level of cooperation. It's not Blockchain isn't something you can develop as an organisation by yourself because you're trading information with yourself then, and that's not hugely valuable. Now, Rebecca,
0: what sort of impact, for instance, might it have on small businesses...
1: It's looking at how they utilise the technology and actually it means that they can look at um, their operational costs and lowering that around efficiency but actually focusing on their go-to-market products and actually being much more agile and more effective and becoming a differentiator for them i think if they utilize the technology it enables them to have more uh, and, and we've used this for many many times with some of our customers that we've spoken to is actually more mind mind space to actually enable them to develop their products and things so i think it's a huge opportunity for smaller businesses if they if it's utilized correctly sure. um and again it's just it's just about that adopt it's about that adoption mindset and again it's a normalizing that this technology can um unleash you know huge opportunities in terms terms of the way in which they run their business moving forward but it is also very mindful that it has to be multiple participants it can't just be for an individual company but it's looking at how how you could adapt that within a value chain what
0: do brokers need to know now to prepare them for the future is there any simple process there i wonder Uh,
3: i think some of it comes back to how can they use it so i think the product piece for brokers i think there is an efficiency piece undoubtedly. And the brokers, like everyone involved in the insurance industry, is under pressure from a cost perspective. But I think genuinely where the brokers differentiate, they are very innovative and creative organisations and people. So actually coming up with new solutions of how to use this technology, I think, is is vital, not only actually for the industry, but to see this technology really get to the point of of normalisation.
2: Yeah, I think as as the... Sort of the insurer in the room, if you like, I think what what's interesting is that at a basic level, sort of step one if you like, as as Michael alluded to is the first thing takes out some of that grunt work, if you like, in terms of the number of interactions between insurer, broker, and client, and the validation of data and the toing and froing and and the multiple emails and multiple contacts there to make it a much slicker process for both parties. That means that we can spend more time on the insurance product and the broker can spend more time doing the things the insurance company values, which is providing the right advice. So so step one is about efficiency uh, and the ability to release value into that relationship.
1: And I, th- I think the thing is, is that insurance as a whole is all about relationships. And again, you're maintaining that relationship, but actually being effective and efficient because you're taking away that frictional cost and actually just focusing on the, the, the core value that both parties bring. What trends
0: are we likely to see in business generally and in the insurance industry?
1: I think it has huge potential in the insurance industry, but it doesn't always fit everything and it's again it has to have multiple participants in order for it to be as effective as it needs to be and so it's just it's just sort of looking at how that is adopted that is adopted and the way in which it's um, implemented within an organisation so again keep it small, su- succeed fast, fail fast and then move on and then scale up and that's where you're going to see So
0: there is sort of room for disappointment in there. If yeah. it's not handled correctly by the right people. I think
1: if the use case is not correct, you know, like any solution yeah. out there, um, not every solution is, is right for an individual business. And actually there has to be certain, I think we always call it ecosystem within blockchain and it has to be the right e- ecosystem. So is there data to be shared? Is there multiple participants within the value chain? And again, sometimes we have spoken to customers and, and I think generally that you look at and say, actually, this... This probably isn't going to be effective for blockchain, but there are huge potential in other areas as well. So I think it's really important to understand what your business case is okay. and then actually, again, then I, I, do your absolutely. trial and yeah, then yeah. obviously scale I quite scale agree
2: up. with that. As a sort of IT person, I, I would say the, the question should be answering isn't where I can use blockchain. It's mm-hmm. what's the problem I'm trying to solve? Yes. Blockchain might be the solution. It might not be. It's always about the appropriateness of the solution. I notice all four of us have got pens and papers in this computer age. Yeah. So it's about what's the appropriate solution for the thing that you are involved that you're working in at the time
3: yeah and for me that comes right back to the hype cycle we talked about right at the beginning because one of the things we found very early on is one senior people in organizations engage with this it's the only technology I've generally had CEOs phone me up and ask me should I be worried about this how do I use this technology but to get through that hype cycle we actually introduce a criteria to say unless you can tick four out of six of these criteria blockchain is not the answer so do not go looking for a looking for a problem with the blockchain hammer right everything is not yeah. a nail in this situation the other bit i just wanted i think pick up nick that you'd ask is where do we see this i guess more outside so one of the areas we haven't talked about is is identity validation and i think It was a very early use case in the insurance industry, mainly around and actually is used in fine art, diamonds, some fleets, some cargo. But we are increasingly seeing uh, organisations outside the insurance industry use blockchain to validate identity of people um, or certifications. So it may be actually to validate that you know, what's on your CV is correct. It may be to validate your university degree is correct. There, there is talk that maybe some governments are considering using blockchain to validate the identity of individuals for border control control purposes. So I think the identity element um, is very interesting as a wider. Uh, example of where blockchain is being used
2: i think the data bit's important so let's go back to what we were talking about at the beginning in terms of the car what we're sharing is a cryptographic representation of the document not the document itself so if you're not authorized to see the contents of that you can't see the contents of that just as now but what i'm sharing amongst me is something that says the the Number, if you like, for want of a better term, is ten digits long. and It looks like this. You give me one that's ten digits long. It's identical. That's a match. I can't see the content. And that's that, really that's, important.
1: It is important, and like you say, it is the know your um, KYC, the know your customer. So again, within that network, you do have that trusted relationship with um, with the participants. So who you're sharing that data with, and again, because it is decentralised, you are retaining that data. So again, um, you know, there is huge security there. Around sort of the sharing of that data,
0: trustworthiness. Is there a an issue about trustworthiness, or is that
2: just a little bit of confusion? I think it's a combination of things. I think it's time and familiarity with the technology. If you if you go back a few years. People wouldn't have trusted their sat-navs without checking on a map. People wouldn't have conducted e-commerce without checking or maybe going to the shop. Now, nobody double-checks a sat-nav. No one thinks twice about buying things off Amazon or whoever it happens to be. It's a question of exposure and time and building up that understanding. Some commentators, Michael, say it's a
0: technology that hasn't really taken off, been a bit slow. How unfair
3: is that? Um, I think actually it's a fair reflection when you compare it to the hype. I think it's an unfair reflection when you actually compare it to the reality of how long any technology takes for us to adopt that technology. As I mentioned earlier, the insurance industry adopted the computer very early, actually on the life side of the business. It probably still took 10, 15 years for even basic computing to, to proliferate through the industry. So to see three to four years, maybe five years at the outset into the adoption of blockchain and to see large insurers like Allianz actually using it in earnest, to see B3i, to see the work that Chain That are doing, I think that's shown that that's actually adopting very quickly in comparison. But is it at its full potential yet? No. Will it be in the next three to five years? We certainly hope so. But I don't think it's fair to say that it's been slow. So, Adam, what uh, benefits does blockchain bring to the insurance
0: industry?
2: The sorts of areas that we would be looking for those benefits are the efficiency of process to you, as well as to us. So the car example, again, a good example. You don't have to fill out that piece of paper and stick it in the post of the DVLA or do it online. It's just done for you. Um, As well as the identity information, that's really interesting. You don't have to prove that you are who you are. It's known and it's processed like that. I
1: think all organisations now, we are all customer-centric. And going back to the point that you said earlier, is that actually all of this technology is all about the end users making a better customer experience because that's all that you know from a strategic point of view looking at the technology you're looking at the operational efficiencies from a business point of view but this ultimately um affects the insured at the end of the day as, as the customer that's exactly what we're doing this for really and it is future proofing so again the next generation we have to be mindful of the next generation that come through in the within the insurance industry they're going to be uh, millennials that are going to be looking at utilizing technology in a certain way and transacting in a certain way and communicating in a certain way. So that's absolutely key. And this is where blockchain technology underpins that mindset and, and in terms for the future, because I don't think the way it is today will be sustainable in the longer term.
0: Well, it's been a fascinating conversation again today. So it's many thanks to all my guests, Adam Rates, Head of Strategy and Architecture at Allianz, Michael Cook, UK Insurance Blockchain Lead from PwC, and Rebecca Oliver, Business Development Director at Chain That. And don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. That way you won't miss a single episode. And if you've enjoyed the series, do leave us a review. I'm Nick Hure, and thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.